Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Harry Irving has some ideas. No, I know. Could the Dallas Mavericks trade for LeBron James? See, I told you. Also, which NBA team made the best coaching hire? And Ace fans are doing what to show their discontent with ownership? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. One of the worst-kept secrets in the NBA is that LeBron James and Kyrie Irving want to play together again. The latest fever dream, this time from Kyrie Irving himself, at least according to Sham Sharania, is that it happened in... Dallas, somehow, according to Shams, Kyrie Irving reached out to LeBron about the possibility of them meeting up, not in L.A., but in the great state of Texas. Nick Angstead from Locked on Mavs joins me now. And Nick, look, I understand this is probably not going to happen. Just let's humor me on this one, please. Is there like what how would it even work if it if it could work? Now, look, if the Dallas Mavericks were ever to get, they would have to bring him in in some kind of crazy, weird trade. But it would have to come with the pretense of LeBron is forcing his way, doing what very few athletes in sports history could ever do is to, hey, I have clutch behind me. I have this whole media empire. I have all this that I can push onto this situation and like force my way to a situation in a way that just wouldn't be tenable in other ways with any other athlete, with any other person. Do I think LeBron James can do that and make his way to Dallas? Sure. I think LeBron can make anything work and, and anything happen. I guess technically he got traded to the heat from Except the Cavs. Space Jam too. Couldn't make that work. It It's on whatever Max or HBO or lose the HBO, whatever the app is called. It's on there. I watched it. I saw, I saw the whole thing. But he could he could make it work outside of that in like a in any kind of way that makes sense in your brain on a basketball court for <laughs> the Lakers that would have to accept that they're like a franchise that has their own thoughts and feelings and ideas and like Rob Palenka has to put together a basketball team it just doesn't make sense this is the trade if they if if it all came to it and LeBron was like all right I'm going no matter what it would have to be like Reggie Bullock Tim Hardaway Maxi Kleba Josh Green Jaden Hardy the 2023 first-round pick, so it would have to happen at the draft or quite near the draft because the Mavericks have to make that selection and then trade it. And the Mavs' 2027 first-round. So they get two firsts. They get a young player in Jaden Hardy, young player in Josh Green, Maxi and Tim and Reggie, all, all three, like, rotation players. They get everything the Mavericks have, everything that didn't get them to the playoffs last year, they, they can have. Go ahead and have that. Uh, there's ways where you can swap, like, Davis Bertans for two of those players if you wanted, if, like, they didn't need as much to get this done. But even if I give you the good package that I just gave you, like, that still isn't moving the needle for LeBron James. And then on the Mavericks side, you look at it and say, well, do we want a 38, going to be 39-year-old LeBron James to trade all this stuff, to trade a 2027 first-round pick who will probably be playing in the NBA when LeBron is not playing in the NBA anymore? Is that something that we want to do at this point? Is it all worth it just to do it for one year? And is there any way that they could rope in Draymond Green, who's always wanted to play with LeBron? Bob Myers is out in that situation. They want to save some money. Like, Is there all kind of a way that we could put this all together? Then maybe. If it's just LeBron, Luka, and Kyrie, you add their salaries and Kyrie's projected max together, it literally equals 
$133.9 million. Oh, no. Peter Bukowski, tell me what the salary cap is in the NBA next year. Like I think, it, what is it, 150? 134. It's literally mm. 0.1 more than just those three guys. Like They could put those three guys together, and it could work under the salary cap. You could squint and make a trade package that makes sense. Outside of that, no, I'm out. All right, thank you for, your, for humoring me on that one. <laughs> so let's try and read some tea leaves here, which in Kyrie's case, no telling what kind of tea that is. Um, wh- why, why, why is this the smokescreen? Why is this the story that comes out now? It's, be- it's, it's all leverage. I mean, this whole thing is just a leverage play because they know it can't happen. And I think it's a leverage play in one of two ways. One of them, I think LeBron has, this is now LeBron's second thing where he said, make the roster around me better. Make this team around me better. Hey, right when I'm done, right when the season's over, I may retire. I may just, I may just like Mm. end my career. So that was the first one. Now the second one is this, who knows where it came from? Did it come from LeBron? Did it come from Kyrie? We don't really know. An ironic thing is that Kyrie a week ago went on IG live, Instagram live and said, Hey, don't put words in my mouth, talking heads, TV people, reporters, don't do this. And don't, don't go out there and say that you know what I want to do and what I want to happen. I'm having people in my family at my dinner table telling me what to do. And now this comes out like a week later. He specifically said in that Instagram live that I don't want to take away and to distract from the finals right now. There's still basketball being played. And yet here, right in the middle of the finals, the day after the Heat win game two, this story breaks. It's just one of the weirdest things to happen. The other side of this leverage play is that, uh, Kyrie, actually, Kyrie could also be trying to put out like, hey, I'm committed to Dallas right now because I'm, I'm even going to say, you think I, everybody everybody thinks I want to go to LA? How about LeBron come to me? I'm committed here. Stop making up these stories. That could be a weird thing where Kyrie thinks that that's going to change everybody's mind about where he's going. It could also mean that Kyrie and LeBron really want to play together. And Kyrie's like, hey, LA, if you don't make a move for me, I'm going to try to make a move for LeBron to come to me where I am in Dallas right now. And it's a leverage play to get the Lakers to make a move for Kyrie. So it's, I think it's one of those three things. Toss it up. It's smokescreen season. Does anyone smell anything smoky? Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Mavericks by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Mavericks on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, which NBA team is better because of their recent head coaching hire. Before we answer that, another NFL player is getting investigated for gambling. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will win the NBA Finals. The Finals shift to Miami, but the Heat are not the favorites according to FanDuel. The Nuggets are currently two-and-a-half-point favorites for Game 3. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers is under investigation from the NFL for possible gambling violations. Rogers reacted to the news on Twitter by saying he wants to, quote, take full responsibility. Rogers reportedly placed approximately 100 bets, with many of them 
on Colts games. He started nine games for Indianapolis last season and was seen as the heir apparent with Stephon Gilmore having been traded to the Cowboys. The NFL explicitly prohibits its players from betting on NFL games, and it is particularly egregious that it was on games he played in. The Lions players that were suspended earlier this offseason made it very clear, and the NFL made it very clear, they were not betting on games they were playing in. This is a different animal altogether. The Cowboys released receiver Antonio Callaway on Monday in the wake of his arrest in Miami over the weekend. Dallas signed former Chargers receiver Tyron Johnson to replace Callaway in a corresponding move. Callaway was arrested Saturday due to an outstanding warrant for driving with a suspended license, according to a report from Fox Sports 640. The 26-year-old was reportedly taken into custody after identifying himself to law enforcement when the vehicle was pulled over for speeding. Monday's news marks the end of the latest chapter of Callaway's turbulent NFL career, which began in 2018 after he was selected in the fourth round by the Cleveland Browns. The Las Vegas Golden Knights dominated the Florida Panthers in Game 2 with a 7-2 win. Vegas now takes a 2-0 lead to Miami. Six players had at least two points for Vegas. All 18 Knights skaters were on the ice for even-strength goals, and their nine goal scorers through the first two games are a Stanley Cup final record. The Knights' seven goals tied a franchise mark for a playoff game. It was too much for Panthers goalie Sergei Bobrovsky, who was removed a little over seven minutes into the second period, down for nothing. It was the fifth time in 12 games the Knights have chased the opposing goalie. This is the Golden Knights' second appearance in the Stanley Cup Final, and right now they look like they are on their way to the franchise's first win. On the diamond, the St. Louis Cardinals have the worst record in the National League. Tonight was a great example of why the Cardinals have the worst record in the National League. Hey, it's JD from Locked On Cardinals, and let me break this one down for you. Down 3-2 to two in the eighth. Runners on first and second and one out. They get an RBI double by Nolan Arenado, but a base running mistake. Cost them the go-ahead run. It kills the rally, and the score remains tied at three. Top of the ninth, Arenado can't catch a pop-up in shallow left field. Wasn't an easy play, but that's usually pretty routine for Nolan. It falls, and that becomes the runner that ends up scoring on the walk-off single. Rangers win it 4-3. to three. That's losing baseball, and unfortunately, that's been Cardinal baseball in 2023. For the latest updates and info, be sure to keep it locked on Cardinals. Here is another story you need to know. While the NBA Finals rages on, we have the NBA coaching carousel turning at breakneck speed. In fact, so speedy this year, we hit the Atlanta Hawks make a move in season. Joining me now from Locked On NBA and Locked On Rockets, both of which will be relevant in this conversation, Jackson Gatlin. And, and Jackson, let's start with Ime Udoka and the Houston Rockets because he, I think, gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because of the Rockets' place in the NBA hierarchy and some of these other teams, teams like Philadelphia, Phoenix, Milwaukee, who are contenders who fired their coach. This email hire, if you're email Udoka, why do you make the move to Houston? I think when you look at the situation, 
there's been this narrative that's I thought been kind of weird where, you know, maybe Emi Odoka regrets choosing the Rockets job as quickly as he did because the Rockets made their move very early at the end of the regular season. They identified who their targets were. They had their coaching search narrowed down to Emi Odoka, Frank Vogel, and at the time, Nick Nurse, who didn't wind up even getting an actual interview with the Houston Rockets before they just pounced on Emi Odoka as their guy to be their next head coach. And I think if you're Ime, you're looking at the situation where you could have probably had your pick of the litter of any of these other teams with all these head coaching vacancies. Now, I don't know if anybody expected there to be this many vacancies this offseason because it has been just happening, like you said, at breakneck speed currently. But when you look at the Houston Rockets, you're not necessarily walking into a situation where if Udoka had walked into the Bucks head coaching position or the Sixers or you know, any of these other teams that have championship aspirations where it's essentially championship or bust, that's a pretty high bar to set for yourself. Whereas with Houston, he gets the chance to really build something more or less from the ground up, establish a culture that he feels comfortable with and ideally build something towards long-term sustainable future success. And I think that all the young talent in Houston, the possibility at the time of landing Victor Wembanyama in the NBA draft lottery, which has since uh, the Rockets picks has landed at pick number four. But all those factors, I think, came into play for Udoka's decision as to where he wanted to coach next. Yeah, I, I think, too, you mentioned this idea of setting a high bar and you might go, oh, well, you know, we went to the finals in Boston. And it's, it, I go, well, OK, that's true, but he's also someone who has a very short track record as a head coach. And that same Boston team, arguably a better roster, just sort of slept walked their way to the East finals um, with, with a head coach that no one I know that, that follows the Boston Celtics thought was a great coach. So it, I think there's plenty of pressure on, on Ime Udoka to prove that he is a, a really good coach, though I think he can be. When you look at some of these other moves, we've got Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee. Um, what happened with Nick Nurse in Philadelphia, Monty Williams and the the absolute Brinks truck he got to go be the Detroit Pistons head coach. Is there a move that that stands out to you as either I don't understand that at all or, yeah, that just makes perfect sense? I think the Monty Williams one is maybe the biggest one just because – I think we at times get lost in how important coaching really is for these teams. And that's the one area where, you know, there's, there's constraints, there's salary cap figures, and you're constantly playing that, that game of Tetris on how to piece together what is hopefully one day a championship roster. But the one area that, that ownership and, you know, ownership groups can really shell out money and, get a competitive edge over any other team in the association is with coaching. And when you look at what the Pistons did by, like you said, bringing out the Brinks truck for Monty Williams, highest paid coach in NBA history, six years, 78 and a half million dollars. I think it says a couple things. It says one, they really wanted to bring in a guy that they thought could elevate the organization, but two, not necessarily to where expectations next season are okay. They've got to start winning games or anything. Anytime you get into the territory of a five, six year long commitment to a head coach, I feel like that kind of shows a confidence in that candidate, in that coach that, hey, we're going to give you the runtime. 
or I should say the runway to build something special here. We believe in the vision that we think you can achieve for this organization. And we want to see that come to fruition. So I think Monty Williams in Detroit has a chance to do something really special. Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey are going to benefit immensely from him. And the fact that he was also able to go ahead and add Steven Silas to his staff as his top assistant. Silas had a bit of a rough and tumble you know, a few years in Houston for a variety of reasons, but ultimately he has been widely regarded as a invaluable top assistant across the NBA landscape for the most, for the majority of his career. And I have zero doubts that he's going to fit right in being able to slide maybe more into his, uh, his good cop role, if you will, with Monty Williams occupying the bad cop role. Stay up to date all year on the NBA by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on NBA on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, A's fans are proving their dedication to a team that clearly is not dedicated to them. The Oakland A's are moving, we think. There's a possibility they could not move, but it's not as if they remain on the best of terms with the city of Oakland. Regardless, A's fans have a plan to show ownership that they have not been deterred as Locked On A's host Jason Burke details. Earth boycott is basically to show the baseball world that there are baseball fans in Oakland. We are passionate about our team, but ownership has driven us away. They don't market the product. They don't put out good gear anymore. There's no good sweatshirts. There's, there's not anything good or likable about this team. And yet we still show up in droves when there's a competitive product on the field. Right now there's not. So there's no fans. And they're using it to be like, oh, see, nobody that cares about the team. Well, you know who else doesn't care about the team? The owner. The owner does not care about this team. And so that is what we are going to try and show as A's fans. It's a Tuesday, so uh, everybody's out of school, right? Come out to the ballpark. Why not? They, they have lots of cheap tickets for these games now, so go do that. Uh, also, there is a – this is the, the somewhat big news, but uh, Oaklandish and the uh, Oakland 68s, they are – yeah uh, – they have combined forces and they are producing shirts at cost. That's $5 per t-shirt that is at cost uh, to hand out to A's fans that are attending this, this boycott game uh, and reverse boycott game. And so uh, it, it's a pretty cool thing. And it started last weekend, I believe. And the goal was to raise $25,000 to make, be able to print out 5,000 shirts. And uh, as of this morning, uh, they were at $27,000, and that is just awesome. Uh, the Acer, Ace fans are producing their own giveaway for a reverse boycott game. And uh, I, my hope here with this entire uh, process is hopefully there is no votes. Hopefully Nevada has a budget by this point. That, that'd be great. But there is no vote on the A's ballpark bill by June 13th, because if they're is not, you know, a figurative shovel in the ground in Las Vegas. It's going to be rowdy, and A's fans are going to show out and show the world and show, you know, all of baseball uh, what we can still do because we, we want to keep our team. We don't want to keep John Fisher or Dave Gabble. We want to keep our team. We want to have baseball with the green and gold in the East Bay, and uh, I think that it would be a much more fun event, potentially. It'd be less of a, hey, let's one last one for the road as opposed to, no, let's uh, let's try and save this team. So that's that's what's going on with the reverse boycott. The thing about this reverse boycott is it is meant to show that there are actually 
a lot of A's fans in Oakland and elsewhere potentially. The problem with that strategy is um, A's ownership has been to games, which is more than can be said for A's fans. It is consistently the emptiest stadium in the league. And it is a fan base that seems to have given up, not just because of ownership, just given up even when they were good. People weren't going. Sometimes it's just time. And finally, the Miami Heat are going to win the NBA Finals. If you believe Taylor Swift's tour, and of course I do, a conspiracy theory out there suggests every city Taylor Swift visits gets knocked out of the NBA playoffs. She was in Atlanta when they got eliminated, Philly when the Sixers lost, and Boston when they lost. Now she is scheduled to do a show in, you guessed it, Denver. Nicole Jokic, you had a good run. Maybe Taylor will write a song about you. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what can we expect from Game 3 of the NBA Finals? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Today.